0: Podcasting fans, welcome to Common On Edge Presents The Chat Show. I'm your host, Mark Williamson. We're very excited. We have one of our favorite comedians in the whole world, Mr. Glenn Wool is here. He's talking to us all about his tax problems. No, they're not problems really, but he had issues with the tax department. What about? Stay tuned to find out as well. We also talk about the infamous Heckle Club. What is it? Listen to the rest of the show to find out. Welcome, buddy, to Comedy on Edge presents a chat show. I'm your host, Mark Williamson. We're live in Edge HQ on the sound. Just as I'm about to introduce him, he takes a big swig of coffee. It's, of course, it is Lester Diamond. How are
1: you, buddy, mate? I'm fantastic. Come straight from the call center, so um, you know, looking good, oh, wow. feeling good.
0: Are you on a lunch break at the moment, or is it just <laughs> you've just logged yourself into after call work? This or? is my
1: <laughs> this is my sleep day from the uh, from the trials and tribulations of call centers.
0: <laughs> trials and tribulations. I'm I'm amazed it's a good thing that we live in a country with pretty strict gun laws cause, you know <laughs> you in a call centre I just say one day it's going to happen you're going to snap
1: yep what do you find it harder? the s-
0: management or the or the, t- or the oh, yeah, customers the customers
1: be. management's fine
0: I heard a saying about call centres it'd be
1: a great job if it wasn't for the customers besides the fact that I just finished my law degree as well so yeah. <laughs> you're a lawyer that also rubs it in yeah
0: I'd say the only way is up, but really knowing you, it's down. So, so down. Well, He's on the downward swing, ladies and gentlemen. Our intern Jasmine's here. How are you? Not too bad. Um, Feeling pretty healthy. Uh, In saying that, I did just get over a cold a few days ago, so uh, sorry guys if I pass that on. No, oh, that's great. It's great that we're sharing microphones. It's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I should have bought the sanitizer. I, I stuffed that up Glenn last 20, time if you're yeah. out there and you want to sponsor us, go for it. Well, that's good to know. So we'll just let you sit in the corner over there. And Always our special guest, we're pretty excited because if you've ever listened to Eddie Ift's talk show, um, Talking Shit, or you've heard Paul Provenza on a podcast, most of their best stories start with, and then Glenn Wool said. So ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have the cause of most of Eddie's funny stories. Mr. Glenn Wool, how yeah, are you, buddy? Yeah,
2: man. And the guy. Of my pending
0: cirrhosis, <laughs> Eddie Eft. <laughs> he has that effect, and Paul Provenza too. They're both.
2: Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, that's. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not like that anymore. I try and tell myself. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of those stories are pretty old. So um I find I do meet a lot of people who think that I'm insane. Um,
0: and I'm just not anymore. Not anymore. You know, yeah, like yeah. I'm here. Yeah, so. it's true. It is. It is a Friday afternoon, and you're here. Mm-hmm. Now you've um you're taking a break this year from the festivals. or oh, the, the Australian-based festivals. You're just over here touring, doing a show. Uh no, I did. Uh, oh, you, Brisbane did? And oh, you did. Brisbane, Adelaide, Brisbane, Adelaide, just not Melbourne, and
2: yeah, I'm not a yeah, I'm not a. I didn't have a good time the last time I was in Melbourne, so I think I'll just. Um, I really like that club, the Laughter Lounge. So yeah. that's, that's the way I'll go into Melbourne this time around. Yeah, it was really... Really strange, really strange time. So I probably shouldn't get into it just in case I want to ever go back to
0: it. <laughs> Well I remember the first time I saw you was at the Melbourne Comedy Festival and that was a that was a great show. Now you're you're pretty much a nomad on the road. Are you have you got a base yet or not no? yet.
2: No, I've started to call the tour the monster. Like <laughs> I'm I, I don't think I'm on tour anymore. The tour is on me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like Brian Regan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, does he live on the road? He's just like, like, got a bus that travels like 340 days a year or something. Oh, does it? <laughs> yeah.
2: Wow. He's richer than I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a bus sometimes, but it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Greyhound tour. <laughs> yeah, man.
2: I'm the guy who chopped the guy's head off. <laughs> <laughs> Pinned it on the dude beside me. You'd be, you'd be surprised what people's memories will say to them when you just look them in the eye and go, He did it, right? <laughs> He'd say it with me. He did. Pointed who did it. He did it.
0: Uh, no it'd be it 'd be almost an easier question to say what countries haven 't you done stand up in because you've you 've traveled the globe a fair few times
2: yeah, we did this the other day. we counted what countries how many countries i 'd been to as somebody asked me and um that 's the kind of number you should write down <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. well, I like doing the research on your like I just went to your website um before we go to the show and it 's like you're currently based in los angeles was that was that ever true or It was true.
2: Yeah, don't don't read those though if you're looking for an accurate description because they're usually written at a time and then like there's no time codes on the internet, (laughs) so they're like, "So they say you started stand-up comedy three years ago." (laughs) No, you could have used your brain on that one.
0: Now you started in Canada and you pretty much made the move pretty quickly to England. Was that any reason for that? Like, what was? Because that's a pretty big jump.
2: Uh, well. Yeah, it was just adventuring. Uh, I mean, I was a stand-up for three years in Canada, so I wasn't just, you know, didn't start and then go. Um, but I got in a car accident oh. in Canada on the road, and I could have just bought another car. Oh, and I also had won $10,000 on a scratch ticket when I was 19. Um, so I took the car money, uh, the whiplash money, and the, um, the the lottery money, and I went backpacking because that's really the only way you can get over whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> backpacking across Europe, and that's when I found um, found some gigs in uh, Denmark of all places. Oh, wow! Uh, did some gigs there, and then uh, met up with some friends at the Edinburgh Festival and. Uh, that was Craig Campbell and Stuart Francis doing their first Edinburgh Festival together. And they said, do you want to MC one of the shows? And I did. And they went, you can do that the whole fest if you want. You're going to have nice. to find a place to live. So I bounced around from woman to woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, suffice to say, the Edinburgh Festival was a pretty cool place to be for a 22-year-old with no home, Uh, same way that the road is not a cool place (laughs) for a 39-year-old with no home.
1: I think that's the first time I've heard someone say I collected the scratch-ticket money and the whiplash money in the same sense. Yeah, Yeah, it's weird.
2: Uh, I never... um, I've never talked about it on stage, and you'd think like that's such a weird thing to happen that it would would have like do you know what? I did actually write one joke about it, and then I sold it to a guy who ran one of the comedy clubs in Vancouver because he like and that's how you know that might not be a very good person like, <laughs> like I was just like young and starting out, and I said, Well, I've got this idea, I'll buy that from you. <laughs> oh, wow. And then it turned out to be his best gag. <laughs> i just watch him do it every night. And it was like watching somebody else raise your kids. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so I learned a valuable
2: lesson. I don't write for people now.
0: So at least you got money for it. I remember when I first started, a comic, and I won't name them, came up to me and said, oh, that's a really good, that joke you have, which was, it was a topic one. I can't even remember. It goes, can I have that? And I go, oh, yeah, sure. I thought that was the, if they asked for it, they could have it. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll write more stuff. Sad thing is that comic is still doing that topical joke like seven years later. But, yeah, so I don't, I don't feel guilt that I didn't get the money. But. <laughs> it's about Dan Quayle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If only it was that clever. <laughs> now, where about, you grew up, was it Vancouver you grew up?
2: Uh, it's sort of. Uh, grew up all over Canada.
0: I was, see, my knowledge of Canada is based on pro wrestling, so I know Calgary, Alberta. I know pretty well because the Hart family, of course. Probably, and, yeah. So, and I think because I remember there's been a lot of wrest like they do the wrestling tours on the Indian reservations around. Do they? Yeah,
2: yeah. That's what they've been getting up to. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's what the, the wrestling thrives in the Indian <laughs> reservations. <laughs> something to do, I think, with no tax or something. Well,
2: yeah. I say, my brother's about to marry a Chippewa woman in uh, the northwest. That wasn't—I didn't make that sound. No, that was our our, our <laughs>
0: soon-to-be-replaced sound guy, Lester Diant. <laughs> <laughs> we got all our recording equipment there, and he decides to one-hand open they a they can of They call him
2: Thirsty Lester. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can stop him. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can quench that thirst. Be it a guest story. Or <laughs> 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 Apologies
0: all around, guys. That's alright. <laughs> I mean, we used to it, it, it buddy. We We're barged. not editing that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, oh. I'm gonna go to a wedding in the Northwest Territories. Um, uh, my brother's marrying Magnolia, and uh, it's gonna be. Um, I don't know how native the ceremony will be, or uh, if, if at all, um, because she was raised catholic so maybe yeah, that'd be funny if uh, they're like uh, yes it'll be a traditional ceremony we all come in headdresses. dresses uh, no it's just uh, roman catholic oh well this, this is what we do on our side <laughs> um yeah i'm looking i'm really looking forward to that um as we get to yeah to my brother stag do we are going uh, hunting and fishing in the Northwest Territory. Oh, wow. So it is literally a stag tube. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's the it's the only time I've ever looked forward to one. Like, usually it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to see a stripper. And, oh, she's going to be happy on the inside. <laughs> and she's going to try and show us it. But... <laughs> um, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm
1: like. Uh, Talk yeah. about nailing Bambi this time, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. See, <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah, that is the thing with like, your proper stag dude is like that's a great one out in the wild, just with because they're bloody expensive. You go to a strip club, you got you got to shout the groom the the lap dance and all that, and
2: yeah, all that
1: funny money stuff.
2: <laughs> I went to a lap dance club in um, Brisbane. Five dollar levies. <laughs> <laughs> That's the woman we were with. We were with uh, one of Milan's co-workers.
0: Uh, Leisure. Steve Milan is uh, infamous if you're an Eddie Ift. He yeah. runs Punchline DVDs. great comedy DVD. Is your DVD through Punchline? Or?
2: No. Yours no, is, there was... Uh, the next one should be. Next there one was a hang-up with the last one.
0: But Check the, out glenwool.com to grab that.
2: Oh, if it'll ever come out. It's all fucked. Oh, f- it's not. Isn't it's it out yet? Fucked. It's Everything's fucked. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, the last one, the, the thing went out of business, but it's still available. And, um, so, yeah, we've shot, we've already shot the new one, and there's something wrong with the sound, so we have to get that fixed, and it's taking um, forever. And then um, my other album uh, for No Lands Man, which is with uh, Stand Up Records, we recorded the audio in Montreal, and um, that's the one that, because uh, there's a big story about Iron Maiden in it. Um, Derek Riggs was uh, was uh, brought in to do the cover. Now, Derek Riggs uh, quite famously drew Eddie for Iron Maiden. Oh, wow. So he took my 8x10. Like, I actually fielded the. Uh, the email from Derek Riggs going, uh, would it be okay to make Glenn um, a zombie? Because we don't want to make him a skeleton because it's too close to Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Rock
3: and roll!
2: And, uh, so yeah, I've been waiting uh, two years for that album wow. to come out because it got hung up with a bunch of legal shit. Uh, and now uh, on Saturday, I'm about to... Rec- this is how long the album taking to come out. <laughs> on Saturday, I'm recording... The album I've written, waiting for my fucking rock and roll credentials to come through. I'll be able to show people, this is me. This is what Derek Riggs thinks of me. And slam it in their faces. I could see, I told Husey the other day, Steve, and uh, he, he gets covetous sometimes. And you can just see it in his eyes, like, what? <laughs> i have one? <laughs> no, you can't have one. <laughs> he took my shirt yesterday, though, he came, which is not uncommon for Steve. He, he I, I don't think he shops. I think he just <laughs> hangs out and then kicks through your – because, yeah, a couple times, like, he just – he'll just look at it, look at your shirt until you're like, do you want you want the shirt, don't you? Steve? Oh, he's tried
0: on. <laughs> I'm guessing it wasn't. Was it one of your Guns N' Roses shirts? No, or? you can't have those. No,
2: no, no. No, I'm out of Guns N' Roses. You're shirts. out. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I kind of I can't carry a lot with me on the road. I'm wearing um, I'm wearing more American apparel shirts now. Oh wow! Just uh, they're very cooling. They're, yes.
0: It's, yeah, it's quite a quite a humid day in Sydney. How do you like? How do you? So you pretty much your life is it one or two suitcases?
2: Well, it's three bags. Um, one uh, one that I check in and a shoulder bag and a laptop bag. But uh, the uh, one that I check in could be a uh, check-in bag if I needed it to be, and I could get my shoulder bag into it if I needed to. I could travel just on. Um, just don't carry on if I need it to, but it's like stuffing it and, and like then sometimes they check the weight. And, so, you know, if you fly a good enough airline, you can,
1: I think the hardest part about the road must be charging like your laptop and iPhone and stuff like that.
2: You get good at it. Uh, laundry, laundry and taxes yeah. are the hardest part mm-hmm. because ah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just got, just paid my American taxes um, for the last five years. And, ugh. <laughs> because like they just just have one like first of all tax i don't how does it even ever get to the point where people are like okay we're just gonna let all the money out and then you guys just between each other between each other we need 30 percent of it back (laughs) from you so you guys just figure that out why don't before you ever let it out why don't you just take that money don't give it to us cuz you know what it's cuz it's so, so rich people can cheat on their taxes yeah mm. that's the only reason they have this stupid system and that i if i only had to do it once i'd be all right with it but i have to do taxes every fucking where in the world and it's always the same bullshit and i'm just okay Look at this, Illuminati! You're in <laughs> I was willing to look past all of the arms dealing, people, but just <laughs> fuck off with the taxes, all right? And I don't mind paying them, but just make it easy. Not this. Yeah, oh,
1: you have to watch out, mate, because they always look for a celebrity scapegoat, like Wesley Snipes, and he's just getting out of jail, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful.
2: Well. If it was, like, I mean, I think it's about money's owed. So if they ever try to take me to court over taxes, I'm sure, like, I've paid, like, I have I make so little, I'm probably owed money. So <laughs> <laughs> they'd have to put me up in a nicer house, <laughs> like, whatever the opposite of jail was. Like, okay, well, we owe you a lot of money, son, so we're going to send you to the Hilton. Well, how
0: many different countries do you pay taxes in? then? Ooh,
2: well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how many am I supposed to pay taxes yeah, in? <laughs> you should
0: do one I think you should do a gig or two in the Cayman Islands once a year maybe sit on your bike that travels through there I Smart once thinking. called
2: <laughs> the British tax people and explained my situation because I used to live in Britain for a long time um, Explain my situation I don't live anywhere I just travel around on the road I sometimes work in England um, I, I am uh, not a citizen but I've got a Right to work visa, uh, lived there for a very long time. What do I do about my taxes? And they just went, hmm. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's someone who does know, but they're not in, so <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll call you. <laughs> never
1: call I lived anything. there in my 20s for a couple of years. Same thing, I rang them up, said, I've oh, got to pay my taxes. I said, Are you Australian? I said, Yeah, they said, You don't have to. I went, oh, Okay. Didn't pay it. you sure you called the right number? <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, it was a guy called Jimbo. But, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Like I called him up. I think I paid like 4,000 pounds or something, and they gave it back to me. So I had this big lump sum to go and you know, gamble recklessly. Yeah. It's a great system.
2: Yeah. I mean, they don't know this. Like, I I just want to get it all in line because I don't want, like, years down the line to owe, um, like, a shit ton of money. Mm. But, uh, yeah. But the... I can...
1: I mean, America, there's one. That's one thing that takes seriously is the taxation. Everything else, it's fucking open slather. Automatic weapons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you cheat your taxes. Look out for twenty years. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah. And just the two, um, the two accountants that I talked to, they, they're under the impression that America's like where every comic wants to be, and like they were, they, uh, they, <laughs> like – uh Hey, you know, just keep your head up, Glenn, because one day you might come back to America. I'm like, I'm not coming back to America, you B-circuit on the international <laughs> scale. And you could see them like, what? You could hear, like, I had them both on uh speakerphone. <laughs> and they were sort of ripping me off, too. And they knew it, but they knew I couldn't prove it. And just out of nowhere, they are like, uh, Hey, one day you might be the next Jim Jefferies. And I went... I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think I'd like that. It'd have to be too neurotic. <laughs> and then they were really confused, like, because they're like, "Why is this guy calling Jim Jeffries neurotic?" I was like, "It's okay, guys. He's one of my best mates." And then they were like, "What?" Yeah, like we thought we were just ripping off a guy that was so poor he didn't even have to really pay taxes. I was like, "No, no. He's a really good mate. He's my next call." <laughs>
0: Uh, just be careful that when they they didn't charge you Jim's rate. Well <laughs> like, oh, this guy knows Jim extra zero. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they'll never know what Jim's rate is.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's weird about uh yeah, that whole American thing. Just there's nothing there for me. It's great for Jim. He he mm. fucking took to it like a duck to water, but I just tried, man. I just go to LA and oh, how I never wanted to live there. I think that was the biggest problem. So I would do – like I bought a car, but I didn't like get an apartment. <laughs> so I was staying in this weird hotel. It was like a crack den. It was, But it was like a nice hotel. I had a kitchenette and I had cheap <laughs> weekly rates. Um, so cheap that uh, Craigslist prostitutes were taking advantage of the cheap <laughs> weekly rates. So every once in a while – Uh, the sweet smell of crack would uh, waft under the door. I don't know how I knew that's what it was. I just assumed from the television programs that I've seen that that's what it smells like. Um, And uh, then uh, around, uh, usually around 1 or 2 in the morning, uh, a man so dumb that he couldn't understand how numbers on doors correlated to the one that you were supposed to knock on. Would come and uh rapping on my door looking for the <laughs> Craigslist hooker that he had uh, procured and I'd have to look through the fish hole. like I know I never knew like I don't even know why I even got got to the door after a while, because it was never going to be like, uh, oh yes, Glenn, Hollywood's here and it wants you to star in a movie. <laughs> Two o'clock in the morning. Sometimes Hollywood smells like crack. <laughs> uh, so, knock, knock, knock. Ugh, and then I'd look through the goddamn the the fisheye keyhole thing, which you know, like if if this is a man so ugly that numbers don't compute in his head. <laughs> He's not helped but, like he's not he's not made sexier by a fisheye. <laughs> you almost like he looks so weird now. You almost want to open the door and see how much of this is fisheye and how much <laughs> how much of this is just just wrong genetics.
1: I'm gonna think that's the most dangerous place to look at a crackhead through through that. I think that, that they're gonna they're gonna put a they're gonna put a, a skewer through that in, 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 in yeah. it, immediately when they see an eye there. <laughs> Yeah. Is that a cornea? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> well, it's sort of like a car accident. You can't <laughs> help but look.
1: <laughs> Honey, get up, come here, look at this thing. <laughs> so, in America, like, did you ever go to the East Coast as well and try there, or just LA?
2: Yeah, no, I, I toured it.
1: Because it seems like two different sort of scenes, like two different countries almost.
2: Yeah, New York's cooler, but it's just so full of bedbugs and fucking. Storms that they don't seem to be ready for. Every year. <laughs> Sounds powerful. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I hope it doesn't come across as uh, me uh, disparaging my friends in America, who I hold very close to my heart. And uh, you know, like it's like America's good, but it's good for a certain kind of mentality. And uh, I'm I'm much more London cynicism, um, which. Uh, yeah, I think sometimes in Melbourne that doesn't come across like people are like, "Oh, what'd you say that for?" <laughs> well, I was kidding. Oh, that didn't come across. <laughs> it's like You came to a comedy show, you idiot. <laughs> That's how Yeah, I've always enjoyed Sydney because it's just that little bit more grittier. Yeah, it's weird. It's a, it's bigger, but it's a harder working town. You know. Hmm. It's a numbers. lot faster paced than... Yeah, yeah. you'd And you'd wonder how that could be with the, such narrow roads. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I guess once you finally got to where you're going, you did everything quick.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm a half late. <laughs> it's a good day. Have you ever thought, like, being on the road? If you, if you had to settle down and pick a country, if you, would that be? If any, would London be the forefront? Oh uh,
2: yeah, I'm heading back there. Heading back to the UK.
1: Uh, it's a city, Mark.
2: Uh, well, it could be a country.
1: I'm from it could, Hobart. Buddy. Everything. Man, above. It could be an airport. It's so, so many
2: different kinds of people there. <laughs> like, yeah, it's transcended country into its own universe. <laughs> I love London, though. It's great. You never know how much you love a place until you're not there anymore. And yeah. Yeah. Hughes, he was saying, he was thinking of buying a place in Manchester, and I could come live with him there, but I don't know. London London needs to be returned to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like wish- a king. You know where I would... Uh, I, I've always sort of had it in the back of my head, as this is where I was going, Uh, but Barcelona is absolutely the coolest place on the planet. Um, And I go there as much as I can, but it's never enough. Uh, Yeah, That's where I was heading um, after my divorce. Uh, I got bought out of my house, and I was moving out of England. I was going to go live in Barcelona and... Yeah, I I don't know what I thought I was gonna do there, but uh, <laughs> well you can commute, like yeah. it's not that you know, you can still work in the UK and live in Barcelona. Um but then I got signed to CAA and uh Olivia Wingate uh managed me, so those are two pretty uh big uh names uh, management wise. I had I had great management, so I can't really blame America on anything <laughs> other than my just utter hatred of the country.
1: <laughs> If you live in Spain, you could still do gigs for, like, um, exiled British gangsters, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. There's a whole community there on the, um... Yeah,
2: I don't even think they kick them out anymore. <laughs> 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 I think you used to do that in England no. <laughs> you now. Depends depends what your definition of gangster is, because I've done a couple gigs for bankers. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> Yeah. I used to have a big bit about the bankers, and I uh, just missed misjudged where I was, I was sort of on the edge of a city, of the city um, like that city's the middle bit, um, where all the bankers are, and I fucking I'd never seen the bit do that poorly, and then I just started looking oh <laughs> oh that's why <laughs> I didn't realize, well here's a lot of the bit that I never tell in public cause uh, you know, it just doesn't work but you're getting it all <laughs> <laughs>
1: If you look in the crowd and see the pinstripes, too late. It's just, oh.
2: <laughs> I did one in, um, I did one in uh, Singapore at the Dutch Club, and they, uh, I knew it was all bankers. But um, yeah, sometimes bankers, sometimes they have a sense of humor about it because. Mm. Uh, they know, like, they should be in jail, <laughs> uh, and I, you know, and I'll point out to them in the middle, like, you know, if if you're feeling bad about this right now, can you imagine how we feel? <laughs> we fund you, you fucking idiots. Uh, but the trick is to make sure their wives are there because the wives were just
3: pissing themselves, <laughs> slapping them on the back.
0: <laughs> yeah. So are you going this year? Going to Edinburgh?
2: Yes. Yeah, doing the greatest hits. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was going to be totally easy, but uh, I'm just—I got too much Protestant work ethic. <laughs> just, yeah, of <laughs> uh, yeah, I was sort of toying with doing another. Uh, uh, you mean you thirsty again? What's going on, he's, <laughs> our, our sound guys, he's, he, you're on fire this episode, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you really are. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna cobble together stuff, but now I'm thinking they're going to make it a a, a bigger um, idea show. But still, my greatest hits. But sort of try to explain um, who I am and why I think what I do, why I think I do
0: what I do. Now, so you you normally in Edinburgh? You normally do about three or four different types of shows. Like you, you've done acting shows in Edinburgh. You've done children's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, straight stand up. Yeah, it's good to, uh,
2: it's a good place to sort of spread your wings, uh, if you will, in that manner. But I've stopped,
0: um, I've stopped doing them all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what, that's what I've heard. Like, there's a, the story I've heard, I've heard Paul Prevenza tell it, I've heard Eddie Ift tell it, and I've heard Brendan Burns tell it, even though he wasn't there. Heckle Club. (laughs) And uh, Heckle Club, do you remember Heckle Club? Well,
2: the, you know. I remember the first rule of Heckle Club that these three assholes don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do remember Heckle Club, Um, and it's where it's where the uh, warning of me saying I've got an idea comes from. Um, What happened? Well. This is how you know it's a bad idea, because <laughs> it was our—it was everybody's day off the next day, and uh, it was very late in early into the morning, and the mushrooms had worn off, and we couldn't find any other drugs. We mm-hmm. wanted to d- take drugs all day, but we couldn't. There was no—there was no place to source them. It was very early morning, Edinburgh. So I said. There'd been a problem that year of a lot of um, like student plays and stuff being at the late-night gigs, just being little gangs and heckling people. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> in these little gangs of people. So I thought, wouldn't it be funny if we went and heckled one of their their plays? <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, it is funny. Yeah, absolutely. But you have to make it one of the groups that... It, done it or it's just mean uh, so uh, yeah it was me, Provenza Ift, Paul Byrne Alex Lazareth and maybe somebody else um, and uh, yeah we all wrote these heckles that we had like everybody wrote a heckle <laughs> and put it in the hat and you had to at some point um, yeah and this when I got my heckle this is how I kind of knew I might back out like like mine was uh, who are these n-words
3: oh uh, yeah
2: yeah and it wasn't it wasn't uh, edited the way I just did yeah and so I I don't think I'd ever feel the need to shout that in public let alone during a play uh, <laughs> unless I really needed to know who they were yeah. and then I probably would just say guys <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so yeah we all, we found a play about it was it was the only one like starting that early and it was a high American high school girls play about <laughs> Vietnam <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, and that's when I got worried. I was like, if this is a play about Vietnam, I might have full opportunity for my heckles. (laughs) um, And they were playing nurses in in the play. Uh, So five idiots marched out the door with our heckles in hand. (laughs) Five tickets, please, we said at at the ticket booth, which, like... Why would you even let us in? Like, <laughs> they're, we, like, I mean, we're all, I mean, we weren't young people at that point. We weren't old, but still, like, you can't hide the fact that you've been <laughs> drinking for a couple days <laughs> and, and the mushrooms have worn off. Like, you've got to be like eight, an 18 year old supermodel to fucking hide that. Like, <laughs> you have to have the tightest face in the world. Uh, I think they just wanted the sales <laughs> in the end, and there was there was a balcony too to the theater, uh, and we took took our seats, and the play began, and I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't do this, and, you know, these little girl's coming out on the stage and. You know, sounds of choppers. And, oh god, what am I doing here? And then I'm looking at everybody and it's getting dark and I'm just I just went guys like we watched the first five minutes of the play and I and I think I think everybody had sort of realized there's no there's no way this is happening. This isn't fair. You know? <laughs> like if you wanna fight you don't pick the teenage girls. <laughs> so I uh, I just got up and I patted everybody on the back and left the room thinking, um, well, that's the end of it. And I was walking across the meadows back to my flat uh, about 10 minutes after I'd left and my phone rang and it was Paul Byrne. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: hey, uh, hi, how are you doing, buddy? Uh Yeah, are you heading back to the flat? And he's like, "The kid knocked it out of the park." (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what happened? (laughs) Apparently, there was a scene where. a soldier was brought onto the stage, and 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 the nurses were like, "Oh my God, what are we gonna do? How can we help him? Is there any way need to help this wounded soldier?" And Alex Lather- Lazarus, apparently, so well timed that people didn't know it was a heckle. It seemed like it was part of the play. How can we help him from the back? Suck his cock! <laughs> But when you yell that in the theater, like even if if people don't, the crowd don't realize that's not part of the play. People in the play realize. (laughs) So uh, the doors fly open in the balcony and here come the stormtroopers and there was only like eight people in the building. So now, if he would have just played it cool, he could have passed it off. But he's now scurrying around and they're fucking Muppet Show chasing him up and down and in the ruckus. Burn and if, cut out. Provenza, I think so old was probably asleep <laughs> like, he's got 10 years on all of us and he'd been drinking as hard as us so uh he he couldn't get out Bern and if are out lazareth he's somewhere in the theater like he's in the bowels of it they're chasing him around <laughs> so yeah uh and the upshot was I think he got out into an alley and, and escaped into the <laughs> night with the the best story he's ever gonna tell. Uh and uh yeah, if burn uh just just <laughs> dissolved into the into the day <laughs> <laughs> and prevent was left watching the play. <laughs> he, I said, how was he goes, It was good. <laughs>
0: You could almost put that on now as a show. That could be the (laughs) Heckle Club, the live show. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, it's not done us any favours in Edinburgh. Um,
0: (laughs) You've never never been allowed into any of the theatres again? uh, A
2: couple of times, uh, like, asked what I was doing there. (laughs) uh, But, I, I mean, like I say, I was... It was merely my idea. I, I'm, sure did, that, yeah. I'm Charles Manson and all this. <laughs> you got the
3: life
0: sentence. Yeah, <laughs> man. It was
2: fucking... It was them. And none of them carved
0: the swastikas in their foreheads. <laughs> they said they would. See, he's got a new girlfriend. Like, he's got a 25-year-old... device. She's carved the swastika oh, too. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's in prison and he's still <laughs> pulling chicks.
2: Oh, is she the one who wrote the story? For- oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I read about that in Rolling Stone. Yeah. A very charismatic man. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, not all the truth was told about him in Hollywood, because uh, everybody distanced themselves uh, from him. But uh, what he did was, um, he was in prison, and he applied uh, prison rules to Hollywood, and it fucked. they're so <laughs> mentally <laughs> weak. Prison rules worked on them. Like, I guess he's in charge. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not fascinated with Charles Manson, but I'm fascinated with uh, Los Angeles during that time. Uh, and a little-known fact, uh, now, she wasn't in uh, any of the murdering parties, but she was definitely part of the Manson family, uh, Angela Lansbury's daughter. Jesus. Really? Yeah. You've never seen that episode of Murder yeah. she wrote. <laughs>
0: They just made the movie Saving Mr. Banks about the Mary Poppins lady. Maybe we can make one about Angela Lansbury's daughter. (laughs) Saving Angela's daughter. (laughs)
2: Uh, Well, you know, it wasn't just Angela Lansbury. I mean, a lot of people hung out with him. Uh, Neil Young, uh, to this day, uh, Neil Young gave him a uh, Harley Davidson motorcycle and to this day if you ask him about him he goes he's an innocent guy wow (laughs) yeah yeah Neil Young all of them were mates Uh, the Beach Boys yeah Brian
1: Wilson gave him a a recording deal I think
2: (laughs) yeah he did Uh, his songs were not that bad Uh, and uh, he hung out with the Beach Boys a lot but that's what I'm saying once once it all went down everybody distanced himself goes yes this fringe player didn't really (laughs) nobody knew him he just yeah, Neil Young just gave him a motorcycle, as you do when you meet a tertiary human on the sides of everything. Hey, uh, you want a motorcycle? With great use of it in prison. Yeah.
1: In defense of Neil Young, if he asked for a motorcycle, you'd probably give it to him as well. Yeah, yeah. Charlie. yeah,
2: if you leave, I'll give you a motorcycle. If I will give you a tank of gas and a motorcycle if you take that all the way to the end of the tank of gas.
0: Uh, You don't see the cults much these days. Oh, other than Scientology, there's not, there's no charismatic cult. There's no Jim Jones. No
1: David Koresh is gone. He he was one of the great men. Big
0: Fred's dead. Yeah, Fred yeah. Phelps just today I think it was he nice Peace out my
2: brother I don't know if anybody can tell But I'm wearing a, a band-aid on my ch- cheek For uh,
3: <laughs>
0: Fred Phelps All <saw> my homies <laughs> up in heaven I love the fact that he died on World Harmony Day That's quite nice Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, World it's World Harmony, Ham- World Harmony Week <laughs> And Fred kicks the bucket <laughs>
2: There's something to harmonize over it's, I was thinking about that today um, No, I can't remember the last time Somebody so roundly hated died like, yeah. usually, like, even when a dictator dies, there's about 30% of the country that's like, I thought he was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I know why you thought he was good, but uh, the rest of
0: them. Do you remember when Kim Jong-il died in North Korea and people were weeping in the streets for this nut job? Yeah, at gunpoint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I just came from Korea. Um, South
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I thought it Was you and Ruben doing a tour? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm quite a good basketball player. Uh,
2: there's, I didn't go to it, but I, because they've told me the Demilitarized Zone was kind of boring, so I never actually went up there. But apparently, there is the world's highest um, flagpole. Because they've had a pissing contest over the flags <laughs> in North and South Korea, because there was one flag, like a South Korean flag. So the <laughs> North Koreans made one a foot higher <laughs> and flew theirs. And like a fucking Dr. Zeus book, the snorks that wouldn't sneak. <laughs> <laughs> so now they let. North Korea win with this gigantic flagpole, but they took theirs down, so now there's just this fucking stairway to heaven (laughs) (laughs) up at the top. Just what's that little square way up? That's that's the North Korean flag, (laughs) if you can believe it.
0: Yeah, that that sounds about right. (laughs) How long do you reckon before someone goes into
1: North Korea? Before that, well, Dennis Roman was there last month, well, that's true. (laughs) That was
2: not an invasion, though. (laughs) (laughs) The party. (laughs) Uh, Nobody will ever go into North Korea because uh, China backs them. That's true. uh, But surely China's got
0: to lose their patience at some point.
2: I don't think they will, uh, because China wants the buffer uh, between, um, like uh, South Korea and Japan, are very westernized, and uh, they don't care. Really, what North Korea gets up to as long as they're not buddy-buddy with mm. America. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's the same reason, um, yeah, the, um, they didn't want uh, Northern Ireland, the same reason the UK didn't want Northern Ireland to uh, unify with Ireland because they were worried about uh, Soviet um, connections. Ah. And they didn't want uh, an island that close to them that could have uh, been occupied by. Um, People uh, they, they didn't want to have up there, so they kept that uh, one little uh, stretch of land. It's all like every time there's an ocu- occupation like that, it's all um, it's all to do with uh, geography. You know, oh. that's like I'm my my family's on my dad's side's Estonian of heritage, and that's how we know
0: wars are starting because Russia comes. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, what's up? No, I think. Uh, well it's funny you say that at my house i've got two estonian flatmates and i think most of estonia lives in sydney at the moment because there's a lot of estonians here there's a lot of us everywhere yeah um and we
2: like to thank (laughs) joseph stalin for that (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah the uh i don't know how he did it uh because he's not thought of as the most evil man ever but uh he was, I can show you the numbers
1: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Mao like beating him Like per, per million deaths okay.
2: <laughs> White people Okay, Jesus
3: <laughs> <me> <laughs> Yeah,
2: per capita He's way worse
1: <laughs> We'll just call him unpleasant
2: Yeah, I mean They need a one job policy anyway So they had too many people As it was <laughs>
0: Edit that out. <laughs> see see how good Lester is at his job. He's yeah. the one in charge of editing.
2: Yeah, he made it louder.
0: <laughs> he edited everything else out. That'll be the promo clip this week <laughs> too. Can opening.
1: I'm, I'm gonna put in. I'm going put in a, an impression of Glenn Wool saying "fuck Putin" as well. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, so you take can a say u- that. <laughs> yeah, fuck Putin. There you go. You just did a great
0: impression. Yeah. <laughs> Have you gigged in China or? Yeah. Yeah. Is it yeah. what's it, is it to Ch- like the 90s, or is it mostly expats? No, it's expats. I mean, there's usually a couple
2: of wives and a couple of people that are like uh, be, there might be Chinese people that went to university in the West. Uh, they might come if they, yeah. I mean, if you want that sort of experience, India is the best place to go because there's just a shit ton of people who went to university in the West, so they'll come. Yeah, in India, you very rarely see any expats at the gigs oh, wow. it's all is, indians is there
0: censorship on your material in china like are you no 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 uh, i think there would be if they like had an idea who i was but it's
2: <laughs> <laughs> such small numbers they don't really care um, i did have a good uh, i in india they um they re- i had a bit about china and al-qaeda and in it uh, well, just about how Al-Qaeda fights the West, but, you know, because they think that they're, you know, Islam's greatest enemy. And I was like, mm, China's actually <laughs> a much bigger <laughs> enemy than Islam. but uh, And I was lucky, like I did it for years and years, and now, you know, there is starting to be um, Islamic terrorism mm. on China, but... Uh, Within the bit, I w- I did a Chinese impression, and
3: oh my <laughs> god, the
2: Indians love it when you do impressions of other races. Yeah, like I I broke um, I broke a row of chairs. They were laughing so hard. Oh wow! Yeah, and then um, I was just on such a roll. I was like, <laughs> I could say anything to these people, and I was like. Uh, Hey you guys You know that movie With Sean Connery And Kevin Costner uh, Came out in the 80s And um, One person went The Untouchables I go yeah Were you guys allowed To watch that?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Silence <laughs> Just from the back Like One person went it would have been worse. Like, I thought they didn't get it. But then, like, there's, there's a silence of, oh, I didn't understand that joke. And then there's a silence of, I know what you said, and don't say it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Glenn, you got Edinburgh coming up later in the year. Any other, what, what's your next port of call after Sydney?
2: Uh, Stavanger, Norway. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you knew this, but there's a- actually no direct
0: flight. That, that doesn't. Support, what? There's no no. I guess so. What if you're going through Air China via, via 15 stopovers? Yeah,
2: no. It's actually it's okay. I got uh, here Dubai, Dubai, London, London, Stavanger, but uh, a couple of lengthy uh, layovers. So it looks like it'll be um, uh, 30 hours, 30 oh, wow. hours travel, which sounds horrible. And then you realize how long it used to take to get places before. Yeah, The 30 hours was just getting out of the dock
1: I'm interested in how you pass the time on these big trips Are you, are you a podcast man? Sure <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be a Mark Maron man or something No You've, you've, you've uh, been on Mark Maron? I've right been on yeah, Mark Maron me.
2: three times um, No, I, I actually uh, That's not what I do uh, Sometimes I uh, take uh, diazepam uh other times I'll watch the inflight entertainment I'll try to read um yeah some, sometimes there's video games on there you know play little memory games
0: like that. That's really <laughs> annoying though because I flew with Delta recently to the States and the swipe script, like you, someone was playing video games behind and just bashing into my back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. That's I'm not a good idea. I'm always
2: surprised on how people don't realize how seats work. Like <laughs> Or when they grab them to, get, to pick themselves up and then blah, 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 you, it's like, dude, you fucking know how, the, you, you can see it. Don't, oh, just, I grab, I I lift myself (laughs) up. (laughs) That's how I do it. You can do it to me if you want to. I can't. And if I could, I would fucking kick your seat so hard every time you did that. I would love to just pay. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Anytime somebody does that, just go to the person behind them, pay them 50 bucks or kick it. <laughs> Keep
0: kicking See, it. See, I actually did that like what you did. I was guilty of that on a flight back only because the lady, she reclined a chair, which I don't mind, but she did it in the middle of the fucking meal. Like, so meals were just served and then all of a sudden her seat goes bang, knocks my food flying over. Like, who does that in the middle of the fucking meal? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so then for the whole trip, every time I got up, I'm like, bang, bang, <laughs> and I'm about a hundred kilos. So I put some, I put some effort into that.
1: <laughs> people always wonder why comedians do like airplane jokes, but because I meet every fuckwit in the universe on airplanes. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, yeah, I don't think the there's anything
0: wrong with airplane jokes.
2: The I worst got a people, few of
0: them, but you know that's where I live. So it is, it is such, it is a weird experience being on, you know, up in the air for. And you're okay, 30 hours travel. With- yeah. It's not good for you, you know. No. I think uh, it's going to start showing up in x-rays soon. <laughs> <laughs> you're glowing in the dark. I'm like, Sir, can you turn it? The- oh, it's you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening. For more on Glenwell, you're on Twitter at Glenwell. Yeah. With two ends, and also check out Glenwool.com If you're heading to Edinburgh, check out The Best of Glenwell, and hopefully... You know what it's called? What's that? Best of show.
2: <laughs> oh, nice.
3: <laughs> no, no,
0: no. no!
2: That's, I've got a set up. It's the best of show. It's called uh, Wool's Gold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go, ladies. You know, and Hopefully we'll see that back in Australia next year as well. So check that out. For more information on Comedy on Edge, check out comedyonedge.com and follow us on Twitter at Comedy on Edge. Thank you guys for listening. If you're listening on iTunes, give us a star rating or give us a review. It all helps. And... If he hasn't stuffed it up already in the sound, hopefully you heard this podcast. I guess the only thing left to say is, Lester, hit the music. Peace.